Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann today. The headlines all over South Africa in the last couple of weeks have made for particularly grim reading. Tavern deaths. Two weeks ago, there were 21 kids who died at the tavern in East London. Cause still unknown. And just this past weekend, a total of another 21 died in three different mass shootings. Is alcohol the problem? Are taverns the problem? Parental supervision or lack of the problem? Or are guns the problem? Joining us now from Gun Free South Africa, she's been beating that drum for many a year, Adele Kirsten. Morning, Adele. Uh, Good morning, Darren. And hello to everyone listening. Great to have you with us. What do you make of the recent spate of killings at taverns? Well, it's, I mean, it's awful to have woken up to that news on Sunday morning, um, you know, that we now have a total of 21 people, all young people, all people under the age of 30, and mainly young men, uh, killed because of these guns flooding into our society. And yet we wake up every single morning to 23 gun deaths. That's how many people are shot and killed every day in this country. And we're not outraged enough, it's, but something happened in that suddenly in one fell swoop, you, have, you, you begin to see the 21 people, you begin to visualize it, and it's shocking. And it feels like there's an outrage building which is appropriate. We, we need to hold on to that rage because that's what's going to help change things. Um, it's always it's 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 a really important galvanizing uh, emotion. Sure, sure. But, yeah, yeah. Adele, let's stress firstly that the twenty-one youngsters who died at Enyobeni Tavern outside East London were not killed by guns. Cause yet to be established. The other deaths, though, were by guns. How much of a problem? is the gun culture in South Africa. You've been beating the drum for many years, as I said. Is it time to outlaw guns? If we do so, only the outlaws have guns. What's your position? The evidence both in this country and elsewhere in the world shows that when you take guns out of the equation, when you reduce availability, whether it's teenage suicide, men killing their girlfriends, men killing each other, which is what this is, you reduce gun deaths. And we've done it before in this country. In, in 2000, before our new gun law came into place, 34 people were shot and killed every day. And after 10 years of good application of that law, of compliance, we reduced our gun deaths to almost 18. And as I said, we're back up to 23. So it's, it's the, in, in some ways, it's the easiest thing to do uh, to remove the hardware from the equation. Take it out of circulation. Uh, we, we, people are going to have fights in taverns. Um, there's a, we know interpersonal violence is a big phenomenon in our uh, crime patterns in this country. Sure. You put a gun into the mix, it becomes lethal. Doesn't mean it's the only thing you must do. There's a whole lot of other stuff to do, especially with young men, uh, providing them with kind of alternative uh, sources of meaning, and belonging, but you remove guns from the equation, you, we would reduce our homicide rates by a third. Why wouldn't we want to do that when we know that it works? How would we do that, though, in practical terms? Many of these guns, if not most, are unlicensed. 
How, how do you deal with that particular side of things? Because as I said earlier, outlaw guns and then only the outlaws have guns. Law-abiding people are nervous. They want to feel safe. Um, you're raising so many issues there, Darren. So the one is that all guns start off their life cycle as legal. There's, it's not like the drug trade. All guns are legally manufactured. So where do the illegal guns come from? 24 are lost and stolen every single day by civilians. Three to four by cops. And then you have fraud and corruption all along the firearms management chain. So there are lots of different ways in which guns move from the legal to the illegal. The logic tells you you have to control your legal stocks because that will reduce the movement of weapons. Secondly, is SAPS, this has to be a critical role of SAPS. Uh, is to mop to recover, and we're suggesting that they establish the um, elite firearms uh, recovery unit. So they need a specialized team that really focuses on removing the illegal guns from society. They have to, you have to take the pool out and then you have to turn off the tap. Um, and then lastly, I mean, this, we, we have to put um, this myth of guns as effective for self-defense. We have to put it to bed. There is no evidence whatsoever. And you can ask any gun owner. They will give you an anecdote. But there is no global evidence and there's no evidence in this country that having a gun protects you and makes you safer. It doesn't. Uh, it puts everyone at risk. So it's, that's not the way to go. Guns are not the solution. At the same time, though, I mean, Guntry acknowledges all of us, several of us in Guntry, including myself, we've been victims of gun crime. We live in fear. There are high levels of violent crime in this country. We're not saying don't do anything about it. What we care is that guns aren't the solution. Let's say we were to turn the tap off, to use your words, right now. Yes. We yes. already have so many guns, illegal guns in circulation. They'd still be there. Well, that's so, so exactly. That's a really good image that you're painting there. You turn off the tap so you don't have stuff coming in anymore. And then the saps. And as a society, as a public, we need to hold our government to account. That has to be their almost sole job is go out and get those guns, recover them, and then destroy them because we don't want them moving back out again. That has to be, I mean, we, we, we did it in late 1999, 2000, 2001, when our new gun law came in. It wasn't just the gun law. It was a comprehensive approach of reducing gun availability. They had all these special operations. They even had a bilateral with Mozambique uh, to recover and destroy, um, you know, liberation-era uh, caches. Mm. Um, and so it took a massive amount of guns out of circulation. We're not doing that anymore at all. Um, I don't, you know, so, so I guess from, from a public perspective, the thing maybe we need to ask the Minister of Police is, what is your plan? Tell us what your plan is to recover these weapons and get them out of circulation. I don't think asking the Minister of Police questions <laughs> in the current climate would be the best and most constructive thing to do, Adele. But I take your point. People have also generally lost confidence in South Africa's police service and various other security arms? No, it's, and, and that's what I'm saying. We acknowledge that we live in high, uh, you know, there are high levels of fear. 
we don't feel safe. So it's a legitimate question. What's going to make me safe? But it's a knee-jerk response because, and, and, and circling back to what guns mean for young men in particular, they not only are they symbolically powerful, mm. but they are lethal. They enable you to assert your power um, over someone else. And often that is someone weaker than you. Uh, often, it's, you know, we see it with men u- using guns to intimidate uh, the more vulnerable yeah. wives. Um, and, and, and so there's, there's that image. And, of course, then we have the, the movie image of, of, you know, I just pull out my gun and shoot the person. The reality is that when you're attacked, every, most things are stacked against you. Is element of surprise, superior firepower, and numbers. The chance of you being able to successfully defend yourself against that scenario is rare. It doesn't mean it can't happen. And then what happens is your gun gets stolen. And it's then, so for a licensed gun owner looking at the uh, tavern incident, the question is, was that my gun? You know, so 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 we have to look at at the whole picture. It doesn't mean you must roll over and die. Um, I mean, what are people in places like uh, Atlantis, Mitchell's Plain, uh, Alexandra? What are they doing? Getting involved in community street patrols and community police forums, etc. We have to take a collective approach to this. Darren, it's not, we can't take an individual, public safety is not an individual uh, response. It has to be collective. And we need a police service that, that can come to the, to the table. Um, but right now, we, we, we can also do things about it. Um, you know, and, and people, are, and, and I guess, asking gun-free that question, we've got some ideas, but we don't sit with those solutions. That has to be, I would suggest, in terms of, where's the conversation go next is have a conversation with people saying, what do you do? So take the gun out of the equation. What are most people, most of us aren't armed. Most of us don't have guns. So what are we doing uh, to, to keep ourselves safe? Anecdotal evidence would have it that these crimes are becoming more and more prevalent in South Africa. You have been with Gun Free South Africa for many a year. How have things changed from when you started to where we are today? Darren, an up-down pattern, actually. Uh, So when we started kind of at the peak uh, of gun violence and crime in general in the country, then sort of 10 years post-apartheid, across the board, significant reductions in murder overall, but also in in gun murders, Uh, the kind of trio crime focus, specialised units, a really coherent approach from our police in dealing with this. And then it has to be said, you know, from 2011 uh, under the Zuma presidency, we see the significant deterioration of things like the record-keeping system, uh, the kind of policing, fraud, corruption, an almost total collapse of the firearms management system. Um, But also at the same time, we have people like... Uh, you know, Major Generals Vieri and, and Jacobs, who catch uh, a cop, Princely, who stole two and a half thousand guns and pushed them down into the Cape Flats. So you have pockets 
of excellent policing in this 10-year period from, from, we start noticing it in 2011, the fraudulent issuing uh, of licenses to people, so people sitting with licensed firearms but who actually don't qualify and don't meet the criteria. So you're seeing this leakage and this breakdown of the system. So this is a systemic issue. Um, it's, it's not just about uh, individuals. Right. And so you then see the steady year-on-year increase uh, in our murder and our gun deaths track that. And then, and this is what's worrying, is over the last 18 months, I think we're, we're tracking this, obviously, is we're seeing these multiple shootings. And this is really worrying. Um, and we, we don't have enough information on it. But the one that we, we're also talking to, you know, colleagues elsewhere in the world where, where this kind of thing happens, like in Latin American countries, Jamaica. And it seems to be that when there's a significant kind of flooding of the market hmm. of guns, that this is what can happen. So if you look at that, over 137 rounds were found at the scene. What does that tell you? That tells you that there's an unending surplus. There's a surplus of ammunition. You know, you don't have to worry, I've got a limited supply of ammo, I need to just be quite targeted. Mm. So it tells you that this is organized as well. Um, you know, that kind of organized crime syndicate stuff. Um, and that the, the, the movement of, 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 of weapons, the easy availability of weapons is a key issue, whether it's through cross-border trade or through private, you know, loss and theft or through um, stuff moving out of the state armory, because, of course, we're talking about high-caliber uh, weapons. So that's, that's either the military uh, or the police. Um, so that's definitely a changing pattern. It's a, a concerning pattern. Um, and we might need to go to places like KZN, where, where this pattern has been fairly dominant for decades. But I think at the moment, we're still trying to make sense of it. But the one thing uh, we can say is what it signals, it's, it's organized and it means there's easy availability and surplus uh, of both weapons and ammunition. Do you have any interaction with the South African police services, for example, or other bodies and authorities? Do you have a voice? Do you discuss with them? Um, well, there's an amendment bill that's been on the table, and so we've been having discussions with the Civilian Secretariat of Police. Um, I think one of the issues uh, that... Uh, and and we, we, we are able to ask for a meeting uh, with the Minister or Senior Police Officers when we need... Uh, when we would like to, but we, you know, it's, it's, it, we know pressure from below, pressure from outside. That's often what changes things. We've worked in the past with them in supporting them around amnesties. Um, but I think the other thing, I guess, and, and is the other thing, Darren, that's been raised is if these weapons, you know, uh, and especially we're talking about the high caliber weapons, which is, uh, you know, what does kind of killing very quickly. Um, is that the state liability. You know, if these are state weapons that yeah. have not been secured, and under international protocols, we have an obligation to secure weapons. It's a big part of some of the global protocols that our country has signed on to. Yeah. We're talking about civic, you know, civil liabilities here. 
Um, and that's something. So that that would be the, the the stick in a way. So when you say you know, is SAPS able to manage this, get it under control, you know, remove the weapons? Well, if they know that there's a potential that they will be sued for civil liability because they failed to secure their weapons, that might be the stick they need. Adele Kirsten from Gunfree South Africa. Have a good day. Appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines this morning. Thanks, Darren. Bye. Bye. Joining us now on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann, we have Andrew Whitfield from the Democratic Alliance. He's the Shadow Minister of Police and a member of the National Assembly. Tavern deaths. Two weeks ago, 21 kids who died at the Enyobeni Tavern just outside East London. Cause still unknown. This past weekend, a total of another 21 people died in three different mass shootings. Andrew Whitfield, what's the problem? Is it alcohol? Is it taverns? Guns? Lack of parental control? Well, Darren, I think it's a whole uh, recipe of ingredients. And, um, you know, the tragic death of anybody in this country at the hands of criminals is uh, completely unacceptable. But the reality is we have a troubled society where there is a complete lack of consequence management uh, for criminals uh, due to a failing state. We see uh, the Enyobeni tragedy, which took place in Buffalo City. A funeral was hosted against the will of the parents. Coffins were used as political soapboxes when politicians uh, in the executive should be focused on fixing the ills in our society and in our police service. So I do think that um, the Liquor Act needs to be enforced properly by the South African Police Service and the liquor boards in the different provinces. I believe that there is a proliferation of illegal taverns and liquor outlets uh, distributing alcohol in our communities. Sale of alcohol to underage children is clearly a problem. Uh, And at the heart of the enforcement lies the South African Police Service. Uh, We've seen in in Inyobeni, municipality had not approved building plans, for example. The Liquor Board now has questions to answer in Bishu. Uh, And the same should be the case for every single province. We need dedicated effort to root out the illegal taverns. And I don't think that banning alcohol, for example, is the solution. You'll simply force people underground and and allow the black market to thrive like it did during lockdown. What about guns? Wouldn't the same argument apply to those? There have been calls that gun ownership needs to be restricted. Well, gun ownership is restricted. The Firearms Control Act uh, 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 has a number of restrictions as to who can own firearms and what uh, uh, hoops you need to jump through. Uh, It is overly onerous, we believe, um, for law-abiding citizens and actually Uh, does nothing to prevent the illegal distribution of firearms. And something that's very seldom spoken about is the fact that the state itself is the biggest distributor of illegal firearms into the hands of criminals. And we know this because between 2005 and 2017, over 26,000 SAPS firearms found their way uh, into the hands of criminals. We know that Lieutenant Colonel Prinsler was arrested for distributing Uh, SAPS firearms and confiscated firearms before they were destroyed in Pretoria, sending them down to the Cape Flats where they were used to kill innocent bystanders uh, in gang warfare, including children. And so until we get a handle on gun control in the state in, in terms of state firearms and secure our police stations so that firearms are not stolen from the police, 
I'm afraid that the situation will continue. I mean, AK-47s used in Soweto, for example, where do these come from? These are not normal firearms. These are firearms that are stolen from SAPs at Norwood last year when the SAP station was broken into. AK-47s were stolen. Uh, they have disappeared and not been retrieved. AK-47s were stolen during the July unrest last year from the port of Durban. Where are those? Not a single arrest linked to the theft of those firearms. Uh, and, and behind it all lies a failed state which is facilitating the distribution of illegal firearms. That's the problem that we need to focus on. Socioeconomic problems are plenty and they seem to be getting worse. Where do we start in arresting the decline? Well, Darren, it's a vastly complex problem to solve. Uh, we've allowed the situation in this country to deteriorate to such a point uh, that um, you know the police cannot simply be blamed for everything. I think that, that uh, any rational person could not blame the police for all of the crime in the country. Uh, but certainly the police could be doing more. We've got less than 100,000 boots on the ground. Uh, compared to over 400,000 private security officers in the country. So the declining resources in the South African police service, declining levels of visible policing, vehicle fleet, which is in the workshops and not on the roads, uh, pushing beat and making sure that our communities feel safe. Um, but on the broader socioeconomic issues, we've got um, state entities which are collapsing, such as ESCOM, uh, which are limiting the growth of our economy. Our economy cannot grow beyond 2%. Uh, if you look at the current state of load shedding, we'll be lucky to grow at 1%. We have to make sure that we resolve our energy crisis so we can get our economy going. Uh, if we can't create jobs, especially for young people, we're heading towards three quarters or 75% of young people in South Africa without work. This is the critical issue. This and education, making sure our education system uh, is fixed, making sure that our communities uh, have uh, values restored, that families play an intimate role in making sure that children receive the opportunities they deserve. Uh, it's it's going to take some time, Darren, but we have to make sure that we get our economy kick-started if we're going to have any chance of reversing the decline. Shadow Minister from the Democratic Alliance, Andrew Whitfield, thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Herald Headlines. Have a good day. Thanks, Darren. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.